Well, hey, hey, Gundam Maniacs. Uh, welcome to, uh, I think, episode 59 of the Gundam Explained podcast. Uh, yeah, glad to be back doing this again to talk Gundam. Uh, we'll be talking about some fan casting ideas. Uh, some of the supporters sent some stuff in that was pretty cool. Um, and then Witch for Mercury, because the prologue officially released. So, um, yeah, we'll be talking about that. But, uh, yeah, joining me today as always, Stephen. Stephen, how you doing, man? Thank you, sir. Uh, I'm doing great, you know, having a good day. And that's all That's all you can ask for, right? Yeah. No, and, and yesterday was pretty cool, too. So on Stephen's channel, channel Midnight Hatter, which the link is in the description. I made sure it was in there before we started. But so we're, it was part two of that uh, pretty cool Gumpla um, customizing going on. It's it's a high-mobility Zaku uh, made into, like, the Advanced of Zeta version. Um, yeah. You should check it out. It's pretty cool. Um so in yesterday on that video, you were kind of showing with that epoxy putty. You were kind of, yeah. Have you done anything else with it? I did. I posted a few videos or videos. I posted a couple of photos to uh, the Gunpla channel on my server. I'll post them oh. to uh, Gundam Explained later this evening. But yeah, yeah just uh, test fitting the LEDs for our head uh, that we shaved down last night. Nice. You know, I came up with an idea because we were talking about, um, you know, the best way to kind of make it look more like a visor and i was like well why don't i just cast the thing i'll just take the part and make a copy of it in clear resin then i paint the top of it to be the same color as the head but i leave the visor clear so that you still see the mono eye underneath that's a pretty neat idea uh because yeah i guess with that you could do a whole bunch of things um i didn't think about that because there is directly putting the putty on certain parts of the kit but then there's yep. maybe forming it somewhere else making a cast of it or something you know that's that's pretty interesting yeah. I, I tell you, you know I, it's it's been cool doing these lives with you recently because it's really showing me how much more i could possibly be doing with my gumpla and sometimes you you do make it look easier than, than it seems so uh yeah that's why i ordered that putty. sometimes yeah because um when i mentioned it on i don't have it with me so i have to check steven's stream yesterday but i was showing my wing zero metal Robot Spirits Wing Zero, I dropped it. I the V-fins snapped. And it was funny, this morning I was stretching. I tend to, at my age, stretch uh, down on the floor in the morning. And I don't even know if the camera is going to pick this up, but I found this small, tiny, yellow... And it was one the top of one of them, so it's like, well, I've got, the... got that. <laughs> that's funny. That, I, I mean, know. that's like the, one, of, one of the first videos I made on YouTube was um, I lost a V-fin on a Zeta Gundam high-grade kit that my cat had eaten. And, um, you know, a day later, I found a pile of cat vomit on the floor. And sure enough, there were, there it was, golden <laughs> glory. <laughs> yeah, and I got, it, I got a nice top coat, I bet. <laughs> there you go. That's a good yeah, that's good. Oh, but man, um, refinished it. No, yeah, refinish it. But no, um, yeah, that's cool. So yeah, anyone that's new to the channel, um, uh, here or see, yeah, please subscribe, give it a like. Uh, there's audio versions of the podcast that goes up the next day. Um, yeah, be sure if you want to join our discords. Uh, again, all of Steven's links are down there, mine as well. Um, and you know, yeah, say what's up to everybody in the chat. I see Goose, Metal Neo, Jedi Sailor, Robert, uh, Josue, uh, Neon Wave, Lucas Garrett. Uh, Louis Osnable. Oh, okay. That's a cool name. Uh, Chrysanthi yeah. Red. Uh, and then obviously, yeah, Ian. So yeah, good to see you guys. Yeah, um, it's always good to see new faces. Yeah, no, that's always fun. It's been like that recently because of that SD Gundam game that came out and like, 
I love gaming. I love Gundam. So like, I've been having so much fun making those videos, and they're almost effortless because it's just me like jumping into the game, playing, talking about it, and it's been cool because a lot of people have been posting even their own tips. So, um, yeah, if you check, let me uh, share something real quick. Like uh, my videos uh, from the past week. I have, you know, I try to do stuff that's not strictly just the SD Gundam game. It seems like that's all it's been this past week. But I do have some up about Xeon's early mobile suit development. Um, Santo Bell, who's a supporter, um, and he's making this custom high-grade G-Savior for me. He um, he sent me a link to this manga called Developers, and it really showed, like, the development, how uh, I think it was Xeonic subcontracted to kind of get mobile suit development going, and then once... Garen saw how it was going, like, he decided to kind of let the subcontractors go and kind of take it in-house and then make it more militarized. So I kind of yeah. liked that uh, context it added. Which kind of has some echoes of, you know, spoilers abound. You know, if we're going to discuss Witch from Mercury, that seems oh. to echo some of the things that we see from the Witch from Mercury prologue. Just throwing that out no, there you know that's a good point because you know, we're going to talk about that a little more here shortly but one thing i do like about witch for mercury seemed like the the tension the core of the conflict was uh presented in the prologue um it was, it was, it, it, sure. it was a cool one too it's something that gundam typically does but it kind of spelled it out with a different kind of uh way about it but yeah we'll get into yeah. that in a little bit um and then um, I have a video up about, um, so 20 plus hours of playing SD Battle Alliance. I like it a lot. I, again, I hate, I, I think that's a strong word, but I agree, about the SD look, but the rest of it is fun. And so I, I can't help but love the combat system, leveling the mobile suits. All the mobile suits have different features and ways to play, so it's actually like worth leveling them. Um and so, yeah, I did a birthday stream because it just happened to be my birthday. Uh, I guess that happens once a year. And um, Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, and likewise to you, it happened to be that uh, uh, Stevens is like the day after. Yeah, so, interesting uh, coincidence that. I know, <laughs> I know. Virgos. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, and then I did a Witch from Mercury prologue reaction. Because, uh, yeah, we'll be talking about the prologue. And, you know, I did something different with that Witch from Mercury prologue. Uh, and I'm curious what people think, because I just had the thing playing, but I blocked it out, and I just talked about it as it went. Uh, I don't know uh, what people think, but leave a comment if that's cool or not. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, and then, um, okay, let me go back to the full screen. Wait, want... Do we have some technical difficulties? I see Goose in the chat saying... That it's, it's not, not a Gundam, Gundam explain, explain show. show without. Oh well, I wonder if he's just bringing up that something's gonna happen. Um, <laughs> oh hey, uh, Hunter Iggy, good to, to see you. Um, uh, Web Fox one hundred, Beck Monroe. What did I miss? Well, we just started, man. So uh, buckle up. Uh, yeah. Oh, Lucas answered. Thank you. Uh, and then uh, yeah, so yeah, so something cool. Uh, you know, it was my birthday, and when you get older. You know, it's not like you expect amazing gifts or anything, you know. Um, well, I will say that, you know, my mom got me a Gundam action figure. That, that was It was almost like I was living a childhood I never had because I just got into Gundam. So my mom really <laughs> hooked me up there. But no, there was something when I first got into Gundam that I really liked. Um, and it had to do with 
um, F91, because F91 was one of the first Gundam movies I watched, and I liked it uh, right away because it's very Star Wars-y. And, and that's a very rare, you know, just, just throwing that out there, most Gundam fans do not enter the series with F91 being in the, like, top five. Yeah, I, and, and I see the complaints, and I do get it, because, like, you know, I originally watched 0079 first, and then it was around that time I was watching a few things, and F91 was one of them, and the one main thing, it's like, there wasn't really enough time for character development. It seems like they all made these giant leaps in their kind of progress as a character. Um, but I just saw it as, okay, well, that's where you get the best of things smacked together, so you just get a lot of cool combat, you know? Yeah. And one thing I saw, I looked up, was this, uh, oh, I just hit my mic, uh, can't fit it, it's a metal build F91, and it happened to be on sale, and I was like, you know what, I, I, I told myself I'd never buy it, but for my birthday, I'm just gonna spend that extra money, so. It's pretty good looking. Yeah, I expect a review of that soon, and it actually came with the option parts set, I actually have it with the option parts on right now, but this thing is, and it's, oh man, it's, uh, Oh, well, here, for example, next to a uh, Metal Robot Spirits Hazel, so you can kind of see, you know, the size difference. Um, yeah, Which, so, that's not to scale, because the right? F91 is actually so, much smaller. Yeah, so apparently the metal build line is really its own scale. That's the only difference, it seems to me. Um, it It's really just a Metal Robot Spirits is taller. And, and so next I want to try one of those metal composite. Uh, fix figure yeah. the fixed figurations again it's another high quality figure but i'm curious of everything about it but this thing is fun it's almost like a little puzzle in itself and so i'm gonna do a, a, a review <laughs> on that but yeah you know f9 f91 is pretty cool some of our supporters haven't seen it so our next movie night which is the 24th yeah the last saturday of september we're gonna watch f91 so um yeah, details in the description and all that. And what do you think about F91? Honestly, I never watched watched oh. it all the way through. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, you know, mm. I, Gundam Sin right here, uh, if we're going to yeah. start a confessional. Um, yeah, but, that, uh, yeah, you, know, I've you seen, need to I've see that as soon clips. as possible. What's that? No, I was saying you need to see that yeah, as soon as possible, or oh, maybe yeah. the movie night. Exactly. I think that that's going to be the perfect time for me to uh, tune in and finally uh, enjoy what I've been missing. But have you maybe like there are there some because there's not really too many. I was going to say some designs or some suits from it that stick out. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, I love the design from it and, and I love the animation because it's that sort of, you know, late 90s style animation that's got very like high contrast. It, it reminds me of like Stardust Memory in, in, in its yeah. um, animation style, which I, I'm a big fan of. The design aesthetic yeah. is pretty sweet. Um, I just never, you know, I, 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 of course, know the story from playing other mm. Gundam video games and uh, and watching content on YouTube and stuff. But uh, just never felt the the compulsion to get in there, you know. Like you, I'm a I'm a UC grognard. <laughs> That's a good point, though, because if you're yeah, if you're discovering Gundam, like that story is told a lot in other mediums. So it's almost and it's yeah. just one movie. Whereas yeah, usually if it's a show, you're gonna be more interested to like catch everything you can, which is right. like that with um. 
JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, I am addicted to that. And um, we cannot escape JoJo's. No, it, there's a, a game that comes out today, a, a new fighting game. And it's like, oh, I want to get it. But then when I was looking at like the characters, I saw things that would be spoilers. And normally I don't care about spoilers too much, but it's like I'm, it was one of those things where I saw something about a character. I'm like, oh no, does that happen? And now so you're invested in it. Yeah. And now it, it's like, okay, I'm, and I'm going to hold off trying out the game, I think, just so I don't uh, spoil myself too much. But I think I'm going to finish it pretty quick because I do about three episodes a night, three or four, um, which seems like a lot. And I'm really the same way about Bleach, to be honest with you. Oh, how, how many uh, episodes is in that? Oh, I mean, hundreds. Uh, oh, I, I, I've oh, not okay. I've not made it that far into it. But, you know, playing that Bleach video game that you and I talked about on yeah. stream uh, a few weeks ago, yeah. um, I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy gets his chest blown open. Like, what the? Mm. <laughs> OK, so it does have like some cool, violent animation. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I never. It I helps never when that. everyone's dead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> OK, I never knew that because I was really surprised with Jojo. It's the same way. It's like super violent and Yes. I was not expecting. They even have it. I'm, I mean, and I don't know if anyone knows this. I'm watching. Um, I watched the first season on Crunchyroll, and I guess the they didn't have a dub for the rest, so I went to Netflix. But it looks like on Netflix it's censored. Whenever there's a lot of gore, there's a black spot uh, over it, which not too bad, but. Yeah. Uh, um. Let's see in the chat. Uh, Beck Monroe, uh, in case you don't know, there's a series called Gundam Extreme, which the stories about the Gundam universe uh, is a reality data. Don't know what to call it. Uh, and the protagonists are the pilot who roam in the Gundam event data, and there's an antagonist who messes up the data, so the protagonists have to fix it. Since you talk about that SD Gundam game. Oh, yeah, that's kind of a similar story. Have you played that? Is that like the Versus games? Uh, I haven't played through it, but you, yeah, I mean, it's, huh. you know, you kind of have that same um mechanic which it's it's kind of a popular um what what do you want to call that like a trope in in video games like the whole repair of the timeline oh type. yeah that, that's true i guess games did it first and now we have the uh, mcu everyone's right. wanting to make everything in mcu now and it's like wait mcu didn't start that i'm oh. glad you brought up mcu because i think i'm going to bring up mcu a little bit later in the uh, podcast oh, I'm, okay yeah looking forward to hearing your thoughts on it Okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, a couple other things in chat. Uh, and Metal Neo saying Gunna Myth 91 is strange, but a good way. Uh, but in a good way, it kind of reminds me of Star Wars. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think really... And I remember when I went to the model shop when I was first getting into Gundam, and that's when, like, the guy was telling me stuff. He's like, you should check out F91. It's like Star Wars, if you like Star Wars. I was like, oh, yeah. And, I mean, they literally, literally ripped some music. But that's yeah. okay. It works. I mean, to be honest, the star I found out recently, I don't know if I shared it with people in the Discord, the Star Wars music was pretty much lifted from a composer that composed some songs like 1917, it, it, yeah. where it's a song for each planet in the solar system, and it sounds like it's the Star Wars music. I mean, nothing's original. It's like you yeah. look at like Koji Kondo uh, and all the music for um, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time back in... 98 when we were all youngins yeah and uh i mean all of the songs out of that video game were like samples from a cd that he bought in a thrift shop wow i did not know that yeah I actually wow. got in trouble for that because there was a song in there that was a bunch of islamic prayers oh yeah and I... so the first edition of the video game came out with like these islamic prayers as one of the dungeon musics but wow well, that sounds familiar about these Islamic prayers, but i yeah i didn't know about the you hear that 
it, that comes up more often than you think. Like even 0083, uh, some of that music uh, in Stardust Memory is from other things. Um, but well, you know what? You know what they say: yeah. good designers, d you know, design, and great designers steal. Yeah, but that's <laughs> the thing. I think, like, as a collective humanity, we come up with cool art, and I think it's okay to be like, "Hey, well, let's take this and like do this and." Or use it in this context, and sometimes it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, just go Tarantino with it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Speaking of, uh, I was just watching something recently where they're talking about Tarantino movies are like the good, bad, and the ugly. Like those are like the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, very interesting. Um, <laughs> Sorry for the tangent. <laughs> no, no, I think that's good. I think that's good. Makes it interesting. And then uh, Ryu Ganokami, uh, thank you for delivery. The prologue of which Mercury is amazing because everything was the first in the history of the TV series. Oh. And then Lucas Garrett, JoJo is pretty much a pastiche of Fist of the North Star. Yeah, very graphic yes. violence in the series, the series of movies. Yeah, that is interesting because I yeah, Fist of the North Star is like the first anime I ever saw, and I liked it, but I never watched any much other than like Ninja Scroll. And yeah, my first thought of watching JoJo is like, oh, this is like Fist of the North Star in terms of not only how they look, but in the later seasons, one of the main guys' attacks is very similar, like the punching. Yeah. Um. Well, cool. Oh, Jedi Sailor, Gustav Holst. That's the name of the composer that made the music that George, Star Wars music. Or, or I guess that would be John Williams. Um, you know, yeah, again, I, hey, I when I make music, I'm like, ooh, I love this metal riff. I love this synthwaves track. And then I put them together. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Web Fox is saying, I've watched one episode of JoJo on Netflix that I really like it, and it looked fine. After a few weeks, months, I went back and saw they now blacked out some parts. Oh. So that is confirmation. Mm -hmm. All right. So we are going to move on. Um, so I posted, let me change this real quick. I, I Okay. How would you cast a live action 0079 Gundam movie? So I really want to thank um, most of the mods, actually. I think it was like Goose, uh, Ian, Jedi, Sailor, and then even uh, one of our supporters, Rogue, jumped in. Yeah, in our supporter chat, just like coming up with a list, and I was like, "Oh, that's some of it was pretty good." So the thumbnail was an example of that. Is uh, Ethan Peck, I think his name is, um, and I took that actor. He's in like Star Trek. Um, because someone brought up that would be a good bright Noah, and then I uh, um, just did a quick Photoshop job, and I was like, "Hey, that actually actually <laughs> works." Yeah, it kind of works. It's weird. Um, you know, first I want to say something. I do know that, you know, when it comes to a Gundam live action movie, a lot of people are like, oh, you don't need to do that or make something different. You don't care. So I think if with a Gundam stipulation, like if I was to make a Gundam movie, I come from it at you want to make it live action so you can almost represent to see how amazing it's, it seemed to see it in animation if we can recreate that in live action. Right. And I would, I would make it where... Like, like if they said, um, okay, you have a trilogy. I would be like, okay, well, I'll take the original Dobo 79 and kind of like that movie trilogy. I would just kind of not copy the movie trilogy, but yeah, recut a trilogy. Peter Jackson style. Yeah. And, but, but some stuff like with Matilda, I would help build that out more. So it didn't seem like Amaro screaming for her. Like I was like, whoa, <laughs> didn't he just meet her? Like what's, but when you watch Kinda the show, weird. it's like, oh, okay. Um, I, I would do it like that, but I would actually, as much as I can, I would shoot it shot for shot because I think they already represented what they were trying to very well. 
and it, yeah. it would be cool just to have it in live action and um uh because really i'd like to make a zeta movie that would be the ultimate goal yeah. but and i was joking <laughs> just, just don't do what peter jackson did with the hobbit <laughs> yeah so that's that's right? yeah, like... dis- yeah disappointing but no when i was thinking yeah. of zeta there's one thing i almost like it but don't like it is bascom played by the rock <laughs> like sometimes the way he talks when he's trying to be serious in a situation i feel like for the rock when he's acting and he's like trying to talk serious like in the back of my mind i feel like he's really thinking of something evil like i don't know what it oh, is yeah. about his delivery the rock but it's like i can't take him seriously well and and like i mentioned last night i was a big wrestling guy when i was oh, a yeah. kid right yeah. And so The Rock was always a better heel than a babyface. Mm. Like, he was always a better villain than a hero. Oh. Um, and so, you know, for all of his movie career, The Rock has always played a hero character. He's always been the good guy and stuff. I think that his best work is as a villain. And so working as a Basque-Ohm type makes more sense to me. Oh, because that's cool. I'm like, I see him, I, I, you know, when I see him, I want to punch him in the face. Yeah, I, I, I just, would. <laughs> when you brought up the heel thing, that really makes sense to to, to describing the kind of presence that would work for that, because oh, he's yeah. kind of like that. Even though there's times where Basque is like a total jerk and no one can do anything about it, there's times where he just looks like an idiot, and you love when like he realizes something is oh, not yeah. going to work out. But yeah, let's. Um, oh, you know, I wanted to bring up. I think it was Neon Wave saying there was an attempt at making a 007 live action uh, back in the 80s with Sid Mead. <sighs> working on it but it was canceled yeah and there's information about it online it seemed pretty cool um you know it's one of those things where they probably could have done it but they you know if you think about like special effects in the 80s star wars was top of the game and it cost a lot and george lucas after the original was able to fund that so it would have been hard to really nail um and if you think about aliens sid mead you know helped design with that with the power loader James Cameron had to film that, and that was 86. It, it it was very, it was done very well. It was limited shots, but they were all set up where, okay, here's a miniature, here's a close-up, and then they cut it just right. It would be hard to do that with mobile suit action because you would yeah. want to see constant movement, or it would be claymation or stop motion. And and then, I mean, you know, even, even later on in cinematic history, you know, if you were to look at, like, the 90s and you're looking at, like, Jurassic Park, the way that they used certain angles in order to hide the fact that like the T-Rex was an animatronic thing, you know, they're like, we're only going to shoot from the inside of a car so that it's framed in the window so that you don't see that the backside of it is fake. Right. It's like to have done it in the eighties would have been an insane technological feat. Yeah. And I think you brought up a good point because when making a movie, part of it is strategizing how to pull something off to where you believe it even if there's some flourishes or some type of exaggeration or something. Yeah, and it really takes, you know, a, a good filmmaker like Steven Spielberg, James Cameron to yeah, understand that. Um, yeah. Okay, but Barry is saying, I wouldn't cast anyone. Gundam should stay in anime and manga. But if I had to, Amen. <laughs> unknown <laughs> actors would be cast or would be best. And I actually agree with the unknown actors. Yeah. I think agreed. unknowns. And you know what? Here's where I will uh, interject with my MCU tangent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is I will say that for a role in a Gundam movie, I would use the MCU casting trick of taking actors from comedy roles 
and putting them into to dramatic roles. Because yeah. I think what you'll find in the MCU is, you know, you've got actors like Robert Downey, you've got actors like Chris Pratt that are traditionally known for their comedy work, and then you put them into a dramatic role and they do beautifully. Compared to like someone like Benedict Cumberbatch, who, you know, as much as I love the Doctor Strange films, the the character of Stephen Strange is so flat and emotionless yeah. and... The you know, part is of low. that is yeah. part of the character, but most of that comes from Benedict Cumberbatch being right. a, a thespian theatric. Yeah, yeah. The, the thespian. Thank you. Yeah. Um, no, that so, makes yeah, sense. I think that that would be the secret sauce is to take a comedy actor and recast them into a dramatic role. Yeah, because uh, the original 1989 Batman, Michael Keaton, you know, he, before he was a comedian, and people were like, why would you cast yeah. him? And that was amazing. I mean, nailed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point point so as we go down some of the list um yeah we'll see uh christopher arnold elijah wood for amaro ray uh katie lots for salem mass and chris hemsworth for char asnable okay uh middle neo uh which one unless oh which one unless we're talking about the conversation films then never mind then okay um okay yeah i'm sorry that is a lot to go through (laughs) let's see Gundam CCA. So, yeah, like a Shards character. See, that's the thing, though. Um, a lot of what this list is from 0079, but if anyone has anything from anything else, yeah, feel free to throw that in uh, because Shards Counterattack, you know, and I was thinking of Zeta, too. Sometimes these other movies have really good ideas that can come up for actors playing roles. Um, uh, Latin uh, Latin excess, I would, I would cast new and lesser known actors. Don't want any current celebrities in there. Yeah, I think that. For sure. It's a good, yeah, it's really a good way to go about it. Timothy Chalamet as Amaro, and that's all I got. I recently watched Dune, and he was pretty good in it. Yeah. So here's my thing is yeah. Timothy Chalamet I like because, and, and, you know, I think most people when we're casting these types of things, when when I was kind of thinking to myself, oh, who would I cast? I'm, th- I'm thinking to myself, a lot of these characters from 0079, very few of them are older than the age of 19. Yeah. So we should uh, really be looking at like really young actors and actresses to portray a lot of these roles. Timothy, yeah. Timothy Chalamet fits into that, that age category yeah. that I think works really well. I almost think that he would work better as a Char Aznable. Um, you know, you could get someone like a Tanner Buchanan from uh, Cobra Kai. Mm. Um, he could be a good uh, like Amaro, for instance. Yeah, a lot of good young of actors the, in that series. Yeah, yeah. Um I think that like some somebody like Millie Bobby Brown or Kieran and mm. Shipka, um, they could be like a decent Sela because you know you're looking at like what a 17 year old girl. Yeah, yeah, that you know that's a really good point. I mean, if they're really gonna stick with it, it's gonna be young actors, which would 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 be cool if there was a continuation of the series and we get the same actor for later on. They'd be get yeah. to watch them grow up on screen. Yeah. Um. Let's see, and then Baba Boo is saying Peggy Hill should play Amaro. What? <laughs> She's a tune too, you say? Well, I tried. Yeah, that's pretty obscure, but hey, I like that. That's that's always fun. Okay, they've so got, they've got the hair. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Okay, so Goose, uh, one of her mods and supporters, uh, cast the live action crew of the original Gundam crew. The actor or actress can be from any time, alive or dead. Here's my casting with help from Ian, Sayla, and Rogue. Okay, Bright, Ethan Peck. He was the one on the um, the thumbnail. So Mirai, Karen Fukuhara, who was in that uh, boy, the boys, mm-hmm. um, 
and I think that sounds good to me because I was talking to them earlier about this and it's like, you know, are we going to try, we're going to try to match their heritage, like whatever race, you know, yes. they would be. And then when we were going through that, some of it, we didn't know for sure. And I thought it would be obvious with last names, but when you look, it's like not too obvious in the wiki. Um, no, but, no, there's some, so there's, there's some wiggle room, I would say for sure. Yeah. And, you know, the the other thing about casting, and it reminds me of the Ghost in the Shell movie. Like, I really liked that movie. And, you know, I don't have any stake in the original show or whatever, so I liked it. But I guess, you know, if there's an issue with casting based on race, you know, it might be important to keep in line with it. But I, you know, I, sometimes I feel it's not super necessary, but at the same time, it doesn't need to be all like American people, you know, or white yeah, Americans. Yeah, so, for sure. it, yeah, it's uh, I think it's one of those things where it's like you would want to keep as close as you can, but you never know. Someone it might be race adjacent that it really fits. And it's not you're not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. It's, you know, no, no. And I think is, um, who was it? Was it Neon Wave that uh, mentioned in the chat here that the MCU taught him that it takes a Brit to portray an American and then it takes an Aussie <laughs> to portray a Norse God like that's. <laughs> Uh, you know how many uh, American heroes are played by by British actors and actresses, and, yeah. and they're, they're, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that obviously, it's it's the best person to play the yeah. role that's suited. There's some, you know, you wouldn't expect like Ryan Gosling to play Luke Cage, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you get my meaning. Well, you know what? Here's here's one that I thought was cool. What's uh, Giancarlo Esposito as oh, Magneto? Love Giancarlo. As Magneto, like if the timeline was shifted up, I guess, you know, due to instead of World War II, it might be, you know, a, you know, different Civil rights. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. him as Magneto, I mean, it, it, his acting would like totally pull that off. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um. So I don't know Natalie Dormer. Oh, yeah. I, I was looking that up earlier. From uh, Game of Thrones, the Tudors. She, she's she's great. OK, yeah. cool. Um, Amaro, Daryl. Sabara from Spy Kids. So yeah, in oh yeah, older, but yeah, he has that look. I mean, yeah. that lo literally looks like Amaro. <laughs> He's got the curls and everything. Yeah. Um, okay, Slegger, Lock, Carl Urban. You know the Dread. It's a good one. Um, also in the Boys. Yep. Uh, Dazzle, uh, Dazzle Zabi, David Harbor. I, okay. I, yeah. That, from uh, from Stranger Things. Yeah. That would that would work. I mean, yeah, if you get the makeup done right, um, and his anger is there. Okay, yeah. so for Shar, Jamie Campbell Bauer. This person I didn't know. I might have to click on images. Also here. from Stranger Things. Oh yeah, that's right. A newer yeah. the newer season. I think someone said that. I, I see Jamie Campbell Bauer, and I raise you a um, Cody Fern from. American Horror Story. Um, he's uh, he's one of Ryan Murphy's oh. like you know kind of pet projects, dude. But oh, yes, I just did pulled you look it up. up. Yeah, I just pulled it up, yeah. and yeah, he totally just his eyes, the way he's, he's a very looking intense at you. Yeah, sharp blue eyes, just like a Casval Daikun. Like, yeah, curious what you guys in the chat think. Um, yeah, this yeah this guy has that intense look. That is that is a good one, man. 
Um, but but similar to Jamie Campbell Bauer in that like that look that intensity. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So for Lala Soon, Amita Suman. Sorry, I don't know. Um, I don't really know that person. Okay, Shara Soon's double Zeta. That's that's too far down the line. <laughs> oh, who? Shara Soon, right? Oh no, Lala. Soon. Oh, Lala. Yeah. Lala. Oh, Lala soon. Oh, but Shara, that would be uh, that would be fun to cast. <laughs> oh yeah. I was thinking like Margot Robbie, but I think I've just because I'm thinking Harley Quinn, but I don't know. I know. I don't think you'll ever shake that image from your head. Yeah. Um. Okay. So th- they put Sean Connery for General Revel, and while that's good, I looked up someone that you uh, are related to due to the first name. <laughs> I don't know. Why I said that, but anyway. Uh. <laughs> Stephen Lang would be either General Revel or Rambaral. I mean, either one. Yeah, even though um, the idea here for Ram, uh, where's that at? Uh, oh, Nick Offerman. Right. That's that's the but, for, for the look, hands down. But that also goes with your point about the the comedic actor, because yes. then he would pull it off really well, and yeah. then. Um, Ray Winstone uh, was another one brought up for, yeah, potentially, yeah. I mean, he's a good actor. Um, okay, so, <clears throat> oh, Lena Hetty is Cassilia Zabi, and I think, yeah, I think she's a great actress, so that would work. Even though I, I think it's Game of Thrones that she's in, I haven't seen that, but I've seen other movies. I think she was also in um, that Dread movie as well. I think she was, yeah. But um, you know, the thing about Cassilia is, it's funny when I try to think of her in my head, I'm always thinking with the purple mask. <laughs> I don't right. think she's always masked. Yeah, it's so I yeah. Um, okay, so Degwin Zabi. So oh yeah, this actor Stellan Skarsgård could be. Yeah, I mean if he yeah, was a good one. wearing the little yeah the glasses and. Yeah, he could pull off that that feel, you know. Um, I might not go through all these, but okay, I should end Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I I could see it working for sure. Um, yeah, he could make know, it work, but yeah, to to go for like I said, you know, to to kind of cast a little younger and to capture that uh, that that youthfulness, I would actually cast Kai using one of the Sprouse twins, Cole or Dylan Sprouse. Oh. Um, probably Dylan, since he's big into like the D and D community. I think I, I always mix them up, but yeah. you know, the kid from big daddy. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. They're that's very funny kids. So yeah, because they have the, um, yeah. One, it's someone that's younger and they have the hacking history. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Cause Kai, I feel like you have to do it just right. I, I like Ryan Reynolds, but like, yeah, with Kai, you'd have to get it just right. Okay, so Frau Kobayashi. Now, they picked Emma Stone, but I I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that one, I would almost go back to the boys cast and, um, you know, look at who's the what's the actress's name that plays um, Starlight in the boys? Oh, yeah, I don't know her name, but I always one... mix her up as one of um 
Oh, yeah, I know you're talking about, but I just don't, I have never seen her in anything else, so I don't. Right, yeah. But I would almost say that would be a good Sela, too. Yeah, yeah, and and, and there, I'm sure there's a lot of overlap between some of the, yeah, some of the actors and actresses there. Yeah. Um. Okay. Peter Dinklage is Haro. Should I be offended by that? Yeah, I, I saw that too. I was like, Haro, Haro. I could just like if he's talking, like how yeah, he has that deep his, voice because he actually has a deep voice. It's like, why did you well, hire yeah, him for the voice, like, um, or is he in the Haro? Like, <laughs> it, it it's kind of like Bradley Cooper being Rocket Raccoon in yeah. the MCU, you know. Yeah. I, I almost want someone foul mouthed to to, yeah, uh, to be Haro. <laughs> I mean, if anything, they'd go like the Sonic movie route, and like for Tails, they hired the a- actress that played Tails in the cartoon. For yeah. Haro, you just do that. But I just <laughs> I just love where that went. Okay, <laughs> Tem Ray, so Amro's dad, Christoph Waltz, which cool actor. He could play That's so many different things. Fantastic. I think he'd be okay. So Matilda. Rose Leslie, don't know this person. She's from Game of Thrones as well. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, redhead. Um, but but I think that there's probably better actresses out there that could kind of nail that role a little bit better. Um, yeah, I um, I I keep drawing these blanks. Like I feel like I don't keep up with the uh, movies, but I do. But I'm I, I'm just I think it's because I don't watch. Like, I watch shows, but I don't watch, like, Game of Thrones, Stranger Things. I haven't lately. It's not that I don't want to. I just uh, watch Gundams and <laughs> JoJo Bizarre Adventure. So. Hey, I know how you feel. <laughs> I like how they put um, Hayato would be played by Frankie Muniz. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, Matt Smith is Giran Zabi. You know... That I would not have believed if and and I have not watched the House of Dragons, the the Game of Thrones follow up, mm-hmm. the prequel. Um, but I hear that Matt Smith is 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 absolutely terrifying. And so I think that, that um, yeah, if the rumors are true, which I'm sure the chat will confirm or deny um then yeah matt smith makes a lot of sense because as doctor who i'm like no this goofy bastard would never pull that off (laughs) no that that's pretty cool and i like that and it kind of goes back to what you're saying like there's some actors out there you don't realize would be good for a part that you know um and then a lot of times i'll hear interviews with actors and they enjoy playing bad guys or being oh yeah um uh let's see i want to look in chat real quick warwick davis is haro Hey, if you can get someone to play inside Haro, that would actually be pretty neat. A I mean, an actor thing, of Warwick's, you know? Warwick Davis's stature yeah. is, you know, fantastic. Because I wonder if it would be worth modifying Haro to have, like, your arms and legs and actually walk. Or would people be like, blasphemy. R2-D2 style. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, all right. Uh, Karen Gillan as Matilda. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, anything else? <laughs> Vin Diesel as Haro. <laughs> I might as well. Yeah. Haro. <laughs> Haro's about family. I am Haro. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's what's funny. Like when I guess they 
when he was going to be in the MCU, and then he's just doing the voice of Groot. I was like, what? <laughs> Is that a joke? And he's not in on it? Right. He, <laughs> he spent maybe five minutes in a, in a sound booth, and that's it. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. Um, oh, Lucy Lawless as Haman Crowley. Um, Rombo's, uh, yeah, lady. Yeah, that's a good one. Is Lu- Lucy Lawless is pretty cool. She, cause she was on that Ash vs Evil Dead. That's like the first time I've seen her in forever, and she's yeah. still pretty badass. Um, and again, she was on Parks and Rec as um, I never saw that. It, which is is fitting because on Parks and Rec she was Ron Swanson, uh, Nick Offerman's love interest on oh. that show. So again, comedic timing, comedic show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, that's a really good idea. Um. Okay. So Makuve, Aiden Gillen, which I think we're familiar with this guy. I know him from The Wire. Yeah. Yeah. He's I also think on Game of Thrones. At his age, that would be a good. Uh, um, could be a good Makuve. Um. Let's see. Um. Yeah. And there's a few other things on here if you guys want to look. Um. But I. You know, looking at this list, there's a lot of cool things I see on here. In the, but the more we think about it, the more I feel like I have no idea. Yeah, I, I have no idea who I'd cast. I just, um, um, yeah, that would be. T- I remember there was a thing going around, a little rumor about um, what's his name? You know, the um, the latest Peter Parker. I don't know why I forgot his name. He's oh, been char- Tom Holland. Pop- yeah, about him being Amaro. And it was like, yeah, that. I mean, that could work. If he's... I mean, I believe Tom Holland more as Amaro Ray than in the uh, recent Uncharted movie where he's yes. supposed to play Nathan Drake. It's yeah. like, I mean, it, what's what's ironic is that you know Tom Holland is like almost my age, and <laughs> but but he looks, he looks like very he's about young. fifteen years old. Um, what did you think of the Uncharted movie? Did you watch it? I did. Uh, I. You know, again, it, I think it was just really miscast. I think yeah. it actually, it, I feel the same way about Uncharted as I do about Solo, where it's a good movie. It's fun. It's like mm-hmm. an adventure film. It's just not what it was advertised as, which it was Uncharted, where it's the mm-hmm. same as Solo. Like, I love Solo. I thought it was a fun sci-fi movie. It's just not a Star Wars movie to me. Mm. Yeah, I think when I was watching Uncharted, it's like, isn't Mark Wahlberg cool and isn't Tom Holland cool? But it was like, it almost, it just, hello to your mother for me. (laughs) It it almost like they were like, hey, this is a good idea. Let's make it without like, okay, this is a good idea. Let's nail it. You know what I mean? It's like they just went through the process of just making a, okay, movie. (laughs) Um, pretty much. You know what? I don't even think I finished Uncharted. I want to say I went to sleep. Well, maybe I didn't like it. I don't know. Um, oh, hear me out. Michael B. Jordan as Char. Char's racial identity doesn't really matter in the context of the story, and MBJ would kill that role. I would believe him more as Char than Cody Fern. Well, yeah, I will say, like, his character in that Black Panther movie oh, was... Yeah. Killmonger, he was... Yeah. Nailed and, and it. That kind of goes to your point about, like, if an actor can pull off being scary but charming, then... yeah anyone um yeah being villainous I mean, is, I'm uh, just, and i think michael b jordan suits a villain role more than yeah. a heroic role um you know as yeah. much as i loved creed um you know it's like i i like him more when he's playing a villain 
Yeah, I agree. Because like in, I knew him from The Wire, and I like even though he was very young then, I like how he was in a position where it was like kind of a conflicted position, you know, where it's just he grew yeah. up where you have to act this way, you know, in the area he was in, but also dealing with the police and not wanting to get involved. But was it? Yeah, that that that's a pretty good one. Um, and Luke is scared of saying he would want it to be screen accurate. Yeah, and I think there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah, making it screen accurate helps. I think it's so iconic in a way. Um, yeah, I don't know. It. Uh, yeah, if they can get the actor. Well, but you it- kind of have to ask yourself. Um, and I, you know, I was watching Sonic Two with my wife uh, the other night, oh. and I was asking myself, "Who is this movie for?" Right? Because, yeah. <laughs> or, or, and and not in a bad way, because I love both of the Sonic. No, movies. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, but. I was like, if this is for old fans of the Sonic movie or of the Sonic video games, then you're gonna look at Doctor Robotnik and you're gonna see a skinny Jim Carrey and you're like, what is this? Yeah. Why? Like, it's not Doctor Robotnik to me. But if it's for new fans that you're trying to introduce into mm. the legacy of Sonic, that's a good. It point. Also, it still doesn't work because then you're going to go back and play the Sonic video games and you're going to be like who is this fat bastard? Yeah, why did they change that and are they going to Why did they change it? And then so other like, games are still going to have them big. Yeah. Right. So when you adapt when you adapt things to live action or you adapt them to the screen or you adapt them to any other media, you have to ask yourself like who's it for and if you're going to make changes to something, what impact is that going to have on the people that consume the other parts of that media? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And it's funny because, like, it's one of those examples. It's like SD Gundam Battle Alliance. Like, I love the game. I just don't like their SD. With the yeah. Sonic movie, I like the casting of Jim Carrey, but wish he was fat. And he even said for the second one he wanted to do a fat suit, but they said no. And so I hope they yeah. pull it off then for the next one. Because he said he would – I think that's why he likes playing Dr. Robotnik because he can kind of be crazy. You know, again, yeah. a, a comedian – you know, a villain role. <laughs> he does well. Like I loved it. Oh, Jim Carrey should be Makuve. There we go. That's <laughs> no, Garen. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Wait, let's rewind because Jim Carrey as the Riddler was pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I loved that. But I know, he but was... at the same time, in my mind, I kept thinking Joker. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like. I, so those two get mixed up a lot. Yeah, because the way he plays the Riddler, it's uh, it's very Jokerish. Um, yeah. Let's see. Oh yeah, and the other thing is Neon Wave was talking about Sonic films are four quadrant movie. That's another part about Sonic. Like, who is it for? Because they really did the four quadrant, almost like the movie was actually four movies. Here's for babies. Here's for everyone. Here's for fans. And here's for like a middle aged couple. <laughs> And it's worth noting that the, the 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 director of the Sonic movies, I think the only other thing that he did was Gilmore Girls. Wow. Which is like very telling if you kind of notice how many pop culture references they make oh. in the Sonic movies. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm listening to Rory and uh, – oh, what's the daughter's name? I, oh. And Gilmore I was, Girls was something that was kind of made for more of a general audience and not like for – just adults or just yeah. kids. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it, it goes back to that, like filming a movie for business, like, you know, for the business, what's best for this. But right. To hit all yeah. the check boxes And yeah. Um, 
You know what? And that's funny because uh, I was just listening to another stream today. We were talking about in the video game industry, a big game publisher told this guy that when they are pitching or when they're accepting pitches for games, they do have a checklist of making sure things are in in the game. That's yeah. Um, Let's see. Oh, you know, it's weird that uh, it doesn't actually matter that ad just maybe I do the little refresh, but that doesn't matter, guys. We're going to get to the next topic and that's going to be uh prologue of um which mercury um very nice yeah so it so look the pro prologue had been up because i think it was you know at comic-con or anime con or something and then it was uploaded to the internet but i guess fans were were translating the subtitles but mm -hmm. what i and so i'd watched it then but i you know i taught i did some videos about which mercury but i never did a reaction because i was waiting for the official release because the subtitles in this official release, it really have more information because it's they're they're figuring out what terminology they're introducing in that world, and so they have to then say what that is or explain it. You know what I mean? It can't just yeah. be a Google Translate. Uh, what did you think when you watched it? You know, it felt to me like there was some awkward translations, and I hope that, um. I hope that they are, you know, localized differently, so to speak. Um, yeah, because there was the terminology they started using. Um, like um, increasing scores. Yeah, right. So they had layers. They had this other terminology. I, I, I totally forget what it was. Um, but it, what it's doing is, yeah, it's giving terminology, maybe words that they're using, but how like, you know, it's called a gunned. G U N D, which it's yeah, it's like one of those weird things that it's like what? But then I think over time you just accept flashbacks. it. What's that? I'm getting seed flashbacks from the old uh like the acronym. Oh, Gundam acronym for Gundam. Like, oh. It's kind of like another version I, I, of that. I, that stuff drives me insane. <laughs> but you know, I will say I did like this because oh, one comment I made. I I don't know what you thought about this. Like to me, it almost the believability went away because like this baby is just running around this facility. Like, I, uh, like <laughs> twice on its, on its own, like, and you have a, a kid now. So it's like, yeah. Who, who would let that happen? Well, it, it was almost one of those situations where I, I wish that my wife had watched it with me because she, it drives her nuts when I do this, but you know, in the first five minutes of the, of the prologue, I was like, that little girl's going to be in that mobile suit by the end of this thing, that little girl's <laughs> going to be in that mobile suit. I promise you. And, and she hates when I do that. Like I'm going to predict the end of this TV show for you, but it's one of those things where it's like beat by beat. I can tell you, all right, that character's going to die. That girl's going to end up in a mobile suit and <laughs> that mobile suit is going to get destroyed by that mobile suit. <laughs> like go. Well, real quick. Did you, have you happen to watch the movie Samaritan on Amazon? I haven't, but okay. I've been seeing a lot of ads for that. It's I think it's really good, and there is one of those things where early on I was like, I bet this is going to happen, and I nailed it. But I wonder how obvious it is. So, yeah, check it out, and then let me know. Um, yeah, I'll have to check that out. It's actually pretty good. But, okay, so then, yeah, that part was a little strange, but I, I guess luckily it explained it more better, even though it was in proper grammar, when she <laughs> – gets into the mobile suit because finally her mom finds her. And it's like, okay, let's get out of here. But she had already put her hand on it, and it, I guess, has a better connection with the bo body. Now, what's interesting, yeah. too, is 
you know, um, in some, uh, I don't know how to start this part of the conversation, but kids under the age of five or six tend to have more attuned sense of awareness around them. They can focus on things um, uh, that you they kind of lose that ability as they get older and get ingrained more with the material around us. So that could be explaining part of that, how this, you know, it's, it's a, it's a human life that doesn't have layers. Oh, and they talk about layers in it of perception and stuff. And so the mobile suit was able to easily connect with a being like that. And I think, I think that's how that worked. Well, and it makes a lot of sense. If you think about in terms of the mobile suit, almost being like a child itself, the oh, way that they yeah. were talking about it, it's like the yeah. mobile suit was almost its own life form where it's like, oh, we're going to talk to it. We're going to wake it up. Yeah, well, that's right. If the mobile suit is just waking up, it's going to relate more to um, a human that is closer to their birth and like, you know, more in that childlike mindset yeah. than, than an adult that has like all of these preconceived notions and their biases and everything baked into them. You know, it wants the curiosity of a child. Um, and that's me giving it the most like favorable uh, <laughs> interpretation that I can possibly muster. Well, right. It's almost like I'm trying to find an excuse for what happened, but I like, I like that. I like thinking of it that way. That's a really good one. Um, yeah. And so, you know, a lot of cool things happen. So what they, what seemed to be cool is they set up the conflict pretty early in terms of what's going on. And I noticed they use like Earthians and Spacians instead of Earthnoid and Spacenoid. I thought that was kind of an interesting change to use and i you know it, yeah. it's, it's almost like the innovators instead of new types you know it's kind of just calling it something else uh to identify with that show um yeah i guess they set it up and you know i might not be exactly clear clear on it but it seemed to be like a council like a group of people that have a lot of power that um i guess oversaw mobile suit development in general there mm -hmm. happened to be this one place that made the gunned mobile suits that i guess can just help uh yeah, do the stuff with the human body to help them be in space or whatever. So I guess there was going to be this idea of banning mobile suits, but this guy wanted to... It's They're banning mobile suits, but it's more so his stuff can, I guess, reign supreme and he can take over. That's actually my favorite part about the prologue was yeah. the politics of it. You have this government agency that seems to be in the business of manufacturing mobile suits. Mm -hmm. And then you have a private corporation um, that's headed up by this old lady that seems to be very um, astute at creating these kind of bio organic, you know, what 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 have you, the new type communication that that these Gundams have or Gundarms. I think. Oh yeah. At, at one point they call it the, the Gundarms, Gundarms system. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um. And he almost is, like, jealous of that to a certain extent. Yeah. And so he uses the might of, like, propaganda and the government in mm -hmm. order to seize control of the whole project, shut it down, and make his thing the thing, right? And that part to me, I was like, this is a very cool angle. I've never seen Gundam go in this particular direction. I'm yeah. excited to see what they do with it. Hey, it's just like uh, the three Star Wars prequels. It's yeah, the Emperor... Yeah rising the prequels were so good with politics yeah it's like he rises in the ranks so then he can get the jedi you know taken care of with his own army that he built for the you know like for yeah. the purposes of beating the army yeah. that he also built <laughs> yeah so that's what's kind of cool about this i do like how they're setting up the story and so 
And then, you know, so the other part about it is mobile suit designs. And I gotta say, I, and I could, and I could tell why I'm honest with myself because double O, they look cool, but I'm not drawn to them, but I'm drawn to the designs in, um, which for Mercury, uh, both uh, factions that we saw before. I um they they've grown on me now that I've seen them in action for sure. Yeah. My my big gripe with Witch from Mercury the prologue is um and this is a story gripe that I kind of if I'm going to relate it to other Gundam series it's that there's this trend that kind of goes on in mecha anime where the cost that you know cuz we're all familiar with like the Joseph Campbell story circle yeah. you know the main Hero's character journey. has to proceed through hell in order to advance out the other side as a transformed being there's this trend in mecha anime nowadays and i it's inspired i think by evangelion you okay. see it in iron blooded orphans um you see it a little bit in gundam wing where the pilot of this mobile suit, the pilot of this mecha, pays the price because of the mecha dealing damage to them. Like, oh, you know, if I increase the the power of this Gundam to level four, it's going to kill me kind of thing. And the reason I don't like that is because if you look at 0079 Gundam, mm -hmm. the cost that Amuro Ray pays for piloting the Gundam is not anything that the Gundam does to him. It's the cost that war deals to him. Yeah. He he is traumatized by the fact that he has to go out and kill people as opposed to some kind of like arbitrary, oh, you know, the zero system is going to make me go insane or the exam system is going to make my blood boil or the uh, uh, Alana Vignana is going to cripple me. It's not the cost that the protagonist pays is because of the war and because of the atrocities that a person has to commit in order to survive in war, as opposed to some kind of arbitrary force that kind of disregards all of the things that, because, because, you know, I think, uh, who was that that just brought it up in chat? We just watched a four year old girl <laughs> kill people yeah, and she feels nothing about it because yeah. she's four years old and, now she's and she doesn't understand what she did into that. Yeah. That's going to be what she's used to. So it's like, that's you know, it, to, to me, that's where I think like shows like Gundam Seed and Gundam Wing do a better job of capturing the spirit of Gundam from 0079 than something like IBO or Witch from Mercury, where it's like, oh, it's just the machine punishes you for for being a human. That's pretty cool. I like that analysis. It makes a lot of sense. And I haven't watched IBO yet, but I'm, I'm going to need to. But yeah, just the thought of the machines when they're like, pushing someone and then that's the conflict that the person has to go through. Yeah. That's not as interesting as the world they're in and how they're trying to get through it. And, and it's funny because I don't think I've really thought about it that way, even though I have when I think of double 79, but sometimes when I, you know, I watch wing or some other shows where the protagonists seem to be just invulnerable, I guess, to the effects of the world and they're just fighting their way through it. Yeah. Um, hmm, that is a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, sorry for the tangent, but no. I was like, I, I feel like this is a very important thing that I think yeah. that Witch from Mercury kind of, you know, failed on. But now that's not to say that I think that the the final series might deliver more of that, but we'll see. What yeah, happens. and only because how much detail they went into explaining the world building behind the conflict of that council and the the mobile suit development. It, if they didn't dive deep into that, yeah, because I mean, uh, watching Wing. 
they never really dived into that. They would just mention it. People would mention, oh, I'm with Oz, but I'm going to fight them. And, you know, it's like, okay. But yeah. this, the guy was like spelling it out as you were seeing things happening. Like, it was like a montage almost of like, this guy's speaking, but here's everything going on. Yeah. Yeah, I like so that's Which was make- very cool. I liked the juxtaposition of his um of his speech to the combat that was happening. Yeah. It was like a very so uh, that, unsettling. That's effect. gonna make me then when I when we watch the final show, I'm gonna be looking for that. Are they really gonna do more to the character than just, you know, the the gundams or the gundarms hurt them, you know, when they <laughs> the gundarms. Yeah, the gundarms. <laughs> um it's like off brand gundam. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, but cool. I guess, you know what? We kind of got uh, to the end. The, you know, the only other thing I was really going to talk about real quick was in GBO2, which I haven't been playing because SD going to battle Alliance, but it has yeah, the, what are you gonna do? I, it has the, okay. A Hazel custom high mobility, which I was like, Oh, that's interesting. It's a third Hazel. But to really think about it is all the Hazel custom high mobility is, is a Hazel custom with the shield boosters on. So that in the game, it could be a different class because uh, this is a raid. So that yeah. makes sense. So nothing canon was destroyed here. Everything's fine. No, <laughs> no, it's just I saw that and it's just I get jealous because I never got my Hazels in GBO2. Yeah, it's a but, shame. But anyway, I guess, yeah, that's about it. Um, Everyone that tuned in, thanks. It's good to see everyone in the chat. As WM, uh, didn't see you earlier, but hello. Yeah, good to see everyone. Critius. Yeah, cheers, cheers. Uh, Brian, I, I think I saw Brian Z earlier in the chat. Oh, good to see you Brian too, buddy. Zinchelli, yeah. Okay, well, cool. Well, yeah, guys, thanks for ch- uh, checking this out. The audio version will be up uh, tomorrow. And then next Wednesday, Steven's channel, his links are in the description. We're going to continue the the custom build of the Advance of Zeta, Isaac, and... Um, yeah, hopefully I can apply some of these techniques to some of the damage I've <laughs> done uh, to my stuff. So, anything else to add, Stephen? No, no, I think you uh, you nailed all of it. Oh, Looking forward new, to it. The new Patreon uh, uh, thing you have the uh, Zaku oh. high mobility. Speaking of high mobility, yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, just dropped today a uh, STL on the Patreon. There's actually two versions of it: Psycho Zaku with uh, the large propellant tank versus the small ones um got a D adventure up on the patreon there you know um, i i do all kinds of silly stuff on patreon so yeah um, i got the notifications today yeah so anyone that's not yeah go check that out especially if you're really into that stuff because yeah you can print them and paint them and then his videos are gonna show you how to paint so yeah all right well i guess that's it everyone thanks and uh have a good weekend talk later